Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament one book at a time. Hey, everybody, we're going to keep working through 1 Corinthians 15 today, starting in verse 21. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of heaven. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come, when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the scriptures say, God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when it says, all things are under his authority, that does not include God himself, who gave Christ his authority. Then, when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority, so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. If the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead? Why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? And why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus, if there will be no resurrection from the dead? And if there is no resurrection, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we die. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right, and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. We have a little bit of an echo of what Paul has said and taught in Romans chapter 5, where through one man sin enters the world and death through sin, and the impact of Adam's decision to disobey God all the way back in the Garden of Eden has lasting consequences. We studied that as we went through Romans. We see the impact of that in the world today, and in a very real sense, Adam is the one who has spoken on our behalf. When God has given him a rule not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Adam decides that he knows what is best, and both he and Eve eat from that tree. Adam is placed in blame, and as the model, as a spokesperson, he speaks on our behalf, which leads a lot of people to look at his actions and say, well, that's kind of a crummy spokesperson, right? Don't let this guy who messes up speak for me. I can speak for myself. Well, can you? Can you really do any better? Because right now, today, God has given you instructions to obey. And the last I checked, we continually and constantly fail to do what God tells us and instructs us to do. We gossip about others. We're prideful. We are arrogant. We lie. We cheat. We steal. And as you start to examine the sin in your own life and observe the ways that God gives you instructions and here's where you fall short, you start to see that, you know what, we can't do any better than Adam. And the consequences of that sin continue to resound in in that all people will die. But now a new Adam has come. And Paul points us here, and we see this especially in Hebrews, where Jesus is the new and better Adam, one who gives us new life. The new Adam speaks on our behalf, and those who are in Christ have new life, just as those who remain in the old Adam have death. And you start to see the work that God has done on our behalf through Jesus Christ. 
all of this is God's plan. And we have the dynamic, unique relationship between God the Father and God the Son in these verses. And we're going to start knocking on the door of the doctrine of the Trinity here. This is what we teach about who God is and what he is like and his relationship to God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. We recognize that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are God, but the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father, and vice versa, all the way through. They are each their own unique person of the Trinity. Three persons, one God. And if that starts to be confusing, don't worry about it, because it has confused and confounded people uh, for millennia. And we accept this teaching by faith that even though this doesn't make entire and utter sense to us and our human reasoning, we still stand on what God's word says and what it teaches. And we have just a little hint of that in these verses. So we take a look at the important roles that both the father and the son are playing here with the extension of authority, with the authority being given to the son and the son rules and reigns and does his work. And he returns that authority back to the father so that in unity, both the father and the son and the spirit are able to rule in, in their proper place and position in their own unique capacities. We take a look at the work of the Father and Son in these verses, and we take a look at the work that we do as well. Why do we baptize people? Well, when you baptize someone, you are baptizing them into Christ. This is his baptism. We are being given his new life. We pass through the water and receive God's gift of grace through this sacrament. So if there's no resurrection, there's no new life to begin with. So why baptize people? You're just getting them slightly wet, or if you're doing the submersion, you're dunking them underwater for no reason. There's no, Why would you do that? Why waste your time? Why do we endure suffering for Jesus if there's no hope of the resurrection? This goes back to what Paul said, if there's no resurrection, then Christians ought to be pitied above all others. Because, you know, it's, it's sin to doubt that the resurrection didn't exist because you are denying the power of God. Again, reminding us that Jesus Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And Paul calls out the Corinthians on their unbelief. He said, don't surround yourself with bad company. It is corrupting your good behavior. Think about what is right and stop sinning. He is accusing them of unbelief that Jesus, in fact, did rise from the dead. And Paul is trying to correct them and to cause them to realize and to surround themselves with people who are going to help them grow in their faith and to strengthen them in the hope that we have in the resurrection of Jesus. So the takeaway question today is for you to identify people in your life who help you grow in your faith. And if you can't think of anyone, if you can't necessarily identify somebody like that, then I invite you to go ahead and start considering who you might invite into that role as someone to mentor and coach and strengthen you to grow in your faith in Jesus. Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at E underscore Pistle. You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.